0: Good morning, Well, four of you are happy about it being good. So uh, this is Carol, she graduated a year before me and she wanted you to know that she's much smarter than me because of that. That's not what what she said. Okay, we're going to argue right in front of you right now. That's the way to teach, right? Hey everybody, it's so good to be here and I just want to open up by just saying how much I'm excited that... um, that you're all healthy. We have been praying for you, and I'm so glad that you're healthy and strong, and uh, I heard uh, almost everybody's out of quarantine now, and uh, and if there's anybody left, they're just using it as an excuse to get away with something right now, okay? And uh, I understand, believe me, I- I'm still in quarantine right now. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, we want to get right into it, because we got 30 minutes to, to, to shoot some bullets that I think will bless you. Um, God has given me a word that I've been carrying for some time, and I want to give this to you today. I just want to welcome the freshmen. I think this is the first time connecting with the freshmen. Who are they? Who are the fresh? There we are. Look at them. And uh, fresh ladies, too. Good. All right. Good. And uh, so um, Carol and I, when when we came here, Carol, back in the day, we used to not send students to NYSUM on a regular basis, and um, when Carol was a, a junior and I was a freshman, uh, we uh, started introducing NYSUM again. Uh, Peter DeAruta introduced NYSUM, and Carol went to NYSUM that year. And then, uh, you know, I started dating her during that time, and, and it was a little different than the way it's set up in the past, uh, you know, ten or fifteen years. But we started connecting with that work in New York City. Uh, so much so that I started when we pastored for together, we pastored in a little town called South Butler for 27 years, almost 27 full years. And, uh, every year we took people down to New York School of Urban Ministries and stuff like that. I loved going to the city. Don't want to live there, but I like going there, right? And and I knew exactly how to get there. I, I knew that if I got in my car and I left uh, from where we were, got on 81, got on 380, got on 80, and drove right across the, uh, you know, GW Bridge and then get on the Major Deegan, we would be right there at Nisum. And that, after that, subways and everything, you know, not the ones you eat, the when you ride on, and, and I knew that I could get around New York, so my wife one day says to me, I believe it was her who said this, but she'll tell you, because she remembers the detail, I'm a dash, and she's a dot, she remembers the time, the moment, the minute, the hour, and exactly what was said, so I will not argue with her, because she's always right, and every woman said, amen, and all the dots said, amen, probably, okay, but, but she said, hey, what if we go a different way? Let's go a different way. And I said, I know the way. And she goes, yeah, but let's go a different way. We knew we wanted to get to Queens, Astoria, Queens. And and, and so we did. We said, okay, so we'll go through the Lincoln Tunnel. So we were driving you know, uh, down, down the road, and all of a sudden, we turned down this sign said Lincoln Tunnel. Of course, I put my GPS on. It was a Garmin, and, uh, and I, put, I put it on, and we were heading to the Lincoln Tunnel, and I thought, well, I better put in, you know, the address for Nysom because I don't have a clue of how to get there from the Lincoln Tunnel. And uh, sure enough, I discovered something that you may discover, two things. Number one, that the, the Garmin, the GPS, did not work in the Lincoln Tunnel, okay? The second thing I learned is that when you get into the Lincoln Tunnel, there are three lanes, and if you're in a lane, you have no choice but which to turn left, if you're in your left lane, straight, if you're in the straight lane, and then on the right lane, turn right, I had no idea, I was in the left lane where I was going. The GPS shut off in the tunnel. Then I found out when I came out, I went left and I found myself in the middle of Times Square, right there. And, and what was worse is I also discovered another thing. The GPS, you know what a GPS is, right? Okay, it, 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 it didn't work in Times Square. Because of the big high buildings. There was, it just wasn't telling me how to get there. Now, here's, this is important for my illustration as we jump into this message. I knew where I was going to go. I have, you ask her, I have an amazing sense of direction. Yes, he does. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. This is her part today. Yes, he did. Yes, he's right. No, I'm just going to give it to her in a minute. But, but listen, to, listen to me. Uh, so I knew where I was going. But I didn't know how to get there because everything's one-way streets in New York City. How many of you have been tonight, somewhere, or otherwise? You know what I'm talking about, right? Not so crazy, man. So I'm going around, watch this, 45 minutes in circles. And I know where I'm going, but I'm stuck in a circle. In fact, I broke the law. I went down the wrong way of a one-way street because I knew where I was going in order to get to the right direction and then finally pick up the GPS to take me over to Astoria. Got into the parking lot of Nisim and the Lord spoke a word to me and he said this, I want you to start going to people to teach them how to break cycles. And that's what we want to talk about today. Some of you are living your lives. Some of you are like me. Uh, We are living our lives where we find ourselves going round and round and round and round on the same issues. And we need to break the cycles. In finances, they talk about a cycle of finances. And people who don't do well in business just do this unless they break the curve. Are you hearing me? And then move into another set of cycles. All of life tends to come into hab- habits and habitual lifestyle that tend to keep us in cycles. But the Lord seemed to say to me that day, I use this illustration to tell you to go to my people to speak to them about breaking cycles. One of the things you have to be careful about when you come on a campus like this is you get stuck in a rut, you get stuck in a cycle. Actually, it happens in ministry. It happens wherever you are. And I think what happens is over time, God wants to start to address in us to break cycles. It's a, what I'm going to teach you and what we're going to teach you today is something that helps you the rest of your life, not just today. But I guarantee if you take a peek inside, you'll see it. One of the greatest illustrations of breaking cycles in my mind is found in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In chapter 2, 1 through 7, we have uh, Moses talking to the next generation. We're talking to you, the next generation. The majority of you are in the next generation here. And so we're saying to you somewhat in the same spirit as Moses was talking in the second account of the laws. It's an 11-day journey. Watch this now. It's 11 days. In verse 2 of chapter 1, it says it's 11 days. Everybody tells me how many days. In the Bible, it says 11 days journey from where they were to the promised land. But now they've been in this journey 38 years by this time. By the time they start reading, they've been going round and round and round 38 years plus. We know 40 years by the time they're done. And this is what we hear in Deuteronomy. When we turned and journeyed into the wilderness of the way of the Red Sea... As the Lord spoke to me, he said this in my King Jimmy, New King Jimmy. It says, we skirted. But the actual word is, we circled. We circled this Mount Seir for many days. And the Lord said to me, you have skirted or circled this mountain long enough. Turn northward. And command the people saying to you that you're about to pass through the territory of your brethren the descendants of Esau, who lived in Seir. They're going to be afraid of you. Therefore, watch yourself carefully. Do not meddle, remember that. Do not meddle with them, for I will give you, uh, I I will not, excuse me, give you any of their land, not so much as one footstep, because I have given Mount Seir to them as a possession. You shall buy food from them with money that you may eat, and you shall... Buy water from them with money that you may drink. For the Lord your God has blessed you in all your drudging and your working. He knows you're trudging through this great wilderness these 40 years now. And the Lord your God has been with you all along. One of the interesting things I've learned over time is God is with you in your circles. He said he's with them for 40 years in their circle. The cool thing is, is just because God's with me doesn't mean that you're not in a circle. You may feel the presence of God, like I just did in that amazing worship. You may feel that, but you still could be in a circle. Today, as I was driving here this morning, uh, I think I said the the word of the Lord for you in this word today is self-awareness. God wants to deal with our self-awareness. God wants to free us up. In our self awareness. Let me give you three insights, and I'm gonna let my wife illustrate some of these insights of where she has broken cycles in her life, and I have broken them as well. The first thing I wanna show you in here when we talk about breaking cycles is this. Number one, if you're gonna break cycles, you have to identify your mountain that you're circling. The way I said it before is you have to identify your defeating circumstance. You see, people, let me just read this to you real quick. I put it back here, but I want to read this to you. This is, this is what I see, and this is what the Lord spoke to me. Some people are in cycles of bad attitudes. You ever met somebody that has a bad attitude no matter what day it is? Uh, somebody that's negative? Continual negativity Continual disappointment in your life, financial struggle constantly. You you get ahead, and next thing you know, something happens, and you're back into it again. Constant dysfunction, mediocre living, fear. How many people get in cycles of fear? Cycles of unforgiveness, bitterness, cycles of failure. These are cycles to break. Cycles of blessing, cycles of positive. I didn't mention because you don't want to break that. But these are cycles that can get us in a rut and keep us going nowhere. I call it chronic, chronic failure. Cycles are chronic or consistent behavior that's inconsistent with God's direction for your life. Let me say that again. Cycles are chronic or consistent behavior. So right now, as we begin to share this, start to ask God, what's chronic and consistent in my life that continues to show up that I need to finally break that cycle. I need to get rid of that cycle. God's intention was for me to go to Queens, but I got stuck in a cycle. I knew where God wanted me to go, and God knows, and you know where he wants you to be, but we can get stuck in cycles. First thing you need to do is identify the cycles. When I came here as a student, one of the things that I was... Identifying along the way wasn't the first identity to this particular mountain in my life that I needed to break loose of. But it showed up in my ability to exaggerate. I exaggerated all the time. How'd you do on that test? I got 100 when I really got a 97. And I got a 100. I've, I found myself my language, and I could go into it a lot more. But but I found myself constantly exaggerating, which, by the way, is lying. And I haven't done that since. Oh, I just exaggerated. <laughs> it's easy to do when you are worried about what people think. And after talking to people and spending time and realizing that I constantly exaggerated to make myself look good. God began to identify and put his finger on the real thing that I needed to deal with, and that was insecurity. I wasn't secure about who I was. I started getting mentored by uh, Stacy Klein, who was my dean of students at that time. Is he still that? I think he is, right? Yeah, I know that. He's my best friend, for crying out loud. I'm just asking you to talk. He and his wife, Connie, were amazing leaders in our lives. Connie was the the maid of honor in our wedding. Matron, that's what I said, matron. See, she's here for me. Not maid, matron of honor. And Connie was like one amazing, secure woman. She had no problem telling me when I was exaggerating. Are you with me? Yeah, we, we really believe that about you, Chris. Keep talking. You know, she had this way, right? Like, like, her and Stacy just make me sick the way they loved each other. You know what I'm saying? We've had to learn that, you know. Uh, I actually had the opportunity to be with them in their last years together. Carol and I both were able to be a part. We'd go to movies together and spend time with them. And I always thought about how much she made a difference in my life. And uh, she started putting her finger, just in quiet conversations, on that insecurity. I needed to identify the mountain before I could get free from the mountain. Why don't you share your story?
1: All right. (laughs) I'm going to share with you um, a couple things. I have a story in a mountain that, that um, I had to deal with in my life. And these mountains and these things, can come, they can come up all through your life, and they can recur, and those mountains can start to rise again. But um, before I share my uh, identity, I have a little bit of insight that I got from this actual passage and this section in the Deuteronomy that I want to kind of um, lay a little bit uh put a little bit out there, and I'm going to do it really fast. So, uh, and I'm going to skip through, I'm going to bounce through some verses here. But when, you know, he's talking about uh, identifying the mountain, and then they were going around a physical mountain in this passage. But, you know, I looked back, I was like, but what caused them to be going around the mountain in the first place? And you guys know the Bible, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and um, what, I looked back, what caused them to go around the mountain in the first place? And you read about what caused them to start going around the mountain in the first place was back in Numbers chapter 13, when God said to them, rise up and go. After it was only like the 11 days or so, you know, what a year. Well, they took a year for the, for the you know, learning about the tabernacle and stuff. But after, you know, God said, okay, now it's time to go. And what what did they do? They went out and saw what giants in the land they didn't they saw the good stuff but they saw they saw the things that uh, were obstacles and they saw giants when God said to go and I identified if you look where, where, where Chris just looked in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 2 uh, verse uh, uh, 1 there uh, before that in Deuteronomy chapter 1, Moses is recapping to all of the people. He's recapping what happened back in Numbers chapter 13. And so when we see, I, I say that the the mountain is a mindset that we can get that can that can keep us going in circles instead of going into the place that God wants us to go into. And it's a mindset, or it's like a, a, a stronghold, that's a catch word, but a, like an obstacle. It sets up an obstacle when we get a mindset. And there's four mindsets that Moses targets in Deuteronomy chapter 1, and it's in verses, um, I'm just going to go through them fast, but it's in verses 19 through 33, there's four mindsets that I think happen that that keep us going around in circles when we know that we need to move out of of cycle and break a cycle and move into where God wants us to go. And these, if you read Deuteronomy, I'm not going to read the passage, I'm just going to highlight the verses, but if you read Deuteronomy 1, 19 through 33, you'll see these. And the first one was unbelief. Sometimes we don't believe. And when I say unbelief, I mean it's not unbelief that we think that God can't. It's unbelief that I think that God won't. I think that God won't. Um, that's at Deuteronomy 1, one thirty two. Moses said to them, I told you that God was giving you the land. I told you that God was saying to go, but you still did not trust the Lord. And that's what a lack of trust is. We know God can do anything as believers. We know he can. But I think our unbelief as believers is, will he? Will he? And when he says it, he will do it. And the second mindset that I saw was fear. Fear. And in Deuteronomy one twenty eight, Moses said, uh, Moses says to them that you are afraid. He said, don't be afraid. But they were afraid. They said, we're afraid. The giants are going to eat us. We're going to be bread for them we're afraid. So that's the second mindset that we can have that keeps us going around in circles is fear. Keeps us from moving where God wants us to move. So unbelief, listen to this, unbelief confession is God won't. Fear's confession is I can't. I can't. That's a mindset that keeps us going in circles. And the third one is discouragement. It's, um, In Deuteronomy 1.27, Moses says to them, you said that God hates us. And don't we do that sometimes? God Discouragement's confession is God doesn't care when we feel discouraged. I'm supposed to break this cycle. I need to get out of this cycle. But you know what? God doesn't care. And it keeps us going around. So so uh, unbelief is God won't. Fear is I can't discouragement is God doesn't care and the fourth one is a desire for the familiar a complacency a desire for the familiar and a desire for the familiar's confession is i don't care I don't care enough to break the cycle I have a desire for the familiar and my my cycle was when I uh when uh, when God first called me to come here to Elam he called me to come to um he called me. I got, I got saved. I got, uh, I became a believer in, uh, 1983 in, uh, April 3rd, 1983 on Easter Sunday. And I was, my physical birthday is on Christmas day. That's just a little trivia about me. Uh, but, but, um, so I really felt right away a call to like career full-time, whatever you want to call it, ministry life, you know, where everyone's a minister, but you know what I mean? That's why you're here. You have, a, and so, um, I, I felt this call, and, but I didn't want to, I was afraid to go far away to school. I was afraid. I had fear, and I, and I didn't want to go far away from home. I was looking at Bible colleges that were within an hour from my, from my home so I can like go home on the weekends, and I, see, I had fear, that was my mountain that was keeping me. See, when God said to the Israelites, they had fear, they had discouragement, they had unbelief, they had a desire for the familiar, right? They were like, let us go back to Egypt where we got potatoes and leeks at least. But but God wants to bring them out of that into a much better place, but they didn't realize it because they had a desire for the familiar, the comfort. And that's what I had, a desire for the familiar. I want to be able to be close to home, you know? But God was saying, no, nope, I He came and he wanted me to have, to break that cycle of fear, to break that cycle of a desire for the familiar so that he could bring me into the place that he wanted me to be.
0: So I have insecurity, she has fear, and we're speaking to you. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) All right. See, you don't have to stay where you are, no matter what you are. And that's the the next point. The next point in that passage, 1 through 7, Deuteronomy 2, says this. You've circled this mountain. The mountain of, of, of fear, the mountain of insecurity, the mountain of, of uh, you you pick your own mountain that God's got on your life right now. Those are different mountains for us now in our lives. We have different ones. We're not gonna tell you about that because I'm too insecure. Okay, moving on. So and we don't have enough an, and we don't have enough time. The second thing though, once you've identified the mountain, you take a new direction. Point two. It says this in verse three. You've circled this mountain long enough, go north go north. It's a whole new direction. And let me just simply say this. For me in my life, um, the hardest thing that I had to ever do was, you see, it doesn't have to be a cycle of sin. Hebrews says, lay aside every weight and sin. Sometimes a weight is something you have been given by God that you hold on to longer than he wants you to have. Are you with me? And, And Carol and I pastored, and that church in South Butler was our home. But all of a sudden, God started to do some things to us and say some things to us. And he said, I want you to go to Elam again. I came here once. That was enough. <laughs> and then he said, come again. Come again. And as a result of that, I came again. And obviously, we love Elam. and we, I'm joking around to make it fun and less boring for you. But basically, at the end of the day... God told me, I have a new plan for you. I have a new direction. Get off the treadmill. See, some of you are on a treadmill in areas of your life thinking you're making progress, but you're going nowhere. God wants you to get off the treadmill of any hindrance and then go north. Go a new direction. Carol, tell them.
1: Okay. So so you have to, I know. So, So a new direction, you've got to get a word from God. He's got to give you a word, a rhema word, a word of direction. You know, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word. And it says in Hebrews 4 that, that they heard the word, but it wasn't profitable to them because they didn't mix it with faith. And when we hear a word, we've got to let faith rise up within us to go. And when God, God spoke to me, because I was afraid. People were saying, Elam, Elam, Elam to me. And I'm like, oh, it's too far. I don't want to go. You know, and, and, but God met me in, the, in a powerful encounter that I don't have time to go into. But he said to me, you're going to Elam and we have i had to change my confession to to i can't or or i have a desire for the familiar i had to change my confession to i can do all things through christ who strengthens me i had to change my direction my mindset i had to call on the you know, the presence of God and the power of God to change my mindset to, to God doesn't care to, yes, he does care. I had to cast my cares on him for he cares. I had to change my mindset to, to God, God will because if God is saying it, then he will. Not that he won't, but he will. He will provide. He will make the way. He will make sure the giants don't hurt me, but I overcome the giants because God is with me. And he had to change my desire for the familiar to to, to, he has a new thing for me. He had to let passion rise up in me for the things that he wants to go from glory to glory. And that's what I had when he gave me that word. I said, okay. So much so that I never even came up and checked out the campus. I never even saw this place. People were saying, you're just going? I'm like, I'm just going. God said it. God said it. Now, listen to me. I'm not saying to throw out wisdom because sometimes we do have to go and check out something, okay? But this is what I'm saying from my illustration right now. I think sometimes we're too careful because listen to what uh, going back to Numbers 13. We all think, well, God said, when God said, okay, it's time for you to get up and go. Remember, their fear. And unbelief kept them going around the mountain. Desire for the familiar kept them. God said, it's time for you to get up and go. And, but then it says in Numbers, so they sent out, so God told Moses, send out 12 spies, remember? Send out 12 spies to see if it's really what God said. That's what they were doing, to see if it's really what God said. Now, if you read in Deuteronomy chapter 1, when Moses is recapping... You know, there's the rest of the story. Ever hear the rest of the story? You got to hear the, this is the rest of the story because it jumped out at me one day. Moses is recapping to them and he says this, I told you to go to the land that God was giving you. God already had given it to them. He was already going to do everything he said he was going to do. And then he says this little thing that's different from Numbers 13. He says, but you all you were afraid, and you came to me and said, please send out spies. If you read it, you can read it. I'm not going to read it because there's no time, but you read it. Moses said, you said to me, send out spies. And I'm sure he went to the Lord, and the Lord said, yeah, all right. You know, it's not the best. I want them to go because, but okay. And sometimes we are too careful, and it's that mindset that needs to be broke. When God gives the direction, we have to break it so that we don't see the, we don't look and see the giants and say, oh, well, God said he was giving it to me, but I see that and that and that, so no thanks. See? So that's what, that's what we need to do when we have a new direction is to break that mindset and take that new direction when God says to go. And I came here to Elam, and it was the best
0: thing ever. Anyway. So, point one, identify your defeating circumstances. If you find yourself right now in a place where you're in a cycle in your life, you're in a cycle. You know where you want to go, you know where the direction is. Identify that mountain. Point number two, take a new direction. That takes, as Carol said, seeking the voice of the Lord, not T.D. Jakes. Word. Faith comes by hearing the word of T.D. Jakes. No, the Lord, right? So seek the Lord for a new direction. It might be a relationship you have cycled your life around, and everything is around that relationship, and God says, I have something different. Identify your mountain. Take a new direction. And the last one is this. Embrace the new demand. Now, this is where most people fail. They can identify a mountain. They can identify they need to make a different direction. But what what people do is they get into the new direction, and what happens is they begin to feel the tension of the new direction. So, for example, uh, Moses is warning them, when you go in this new direction, there are going to be people that you now need to work for food and need to work for water. For 40 years I gave you manna, you didn't have to work. For 40 years I gave you water, you didn't have to work for that. I gave it to you out of a rock. Here's the deal. The new demand is you work for what you get. And see, a lot of us, what we do when we move in new directions, we want to move in the new direction with the the same old uh, way we did everything in the past. In order to break cycles, you have to embrace a new demand. I came to Elam Fellowship as the president. Over in South Butler, I had seven full-time staff. I have 21 full-time staff here. I had, uh, uh, you know, like I think we're 500 people in our church, at the highest number. That's what pastors do when they exaggerate. Oh, I'm back there again. Okay. But, but, but we had 500 people in our church. When I came to the fellowship, we had 1,000 credential holders, and they're pastors, and they're harder to deal with. Just kidding. Not really. Moving on. But it takes a new demand. I can't lead this the way I led that. You can't lead your life this way in the north as you did here. Don't meddle with that. You hearing me? So you have to change and embrace the demand. How did it change for you?
1: Amen. Well, I came to school where I had to study. and. (laughs) <laughs> and when when things were hard, I had to say, you know what, God, you know, I have to, to buckle down. I can't think I'm going to go back. I had to keep that mindset. I had to continue to come before God. And uh, I had a similar tip one, too, when we came here, when we left our church. I had a desire. We pastored our church for 27 years. And you better believe I had a desire for the familiar. I lo- We loved our church. But God said, nope. I'm giving you a new direction, and there's a new demand, and it was a stretching. It was different, but you've got to embrace that in order to get to where God wants you to go.
0: So, our heart for you this morning is that you don't live in the cycle that inhibits you from getting to where God wants you to go, that you break cycles off of your lives. You'll find in this time that you're here as a student, even as a staff That you get stuck sometimes. You get stuck in things that sometimes even God brought to you. And you start enjoying the thing that God brought to you. Like a church. He gave us that church. But then he said, it's mine, remember? And he had something different for us. Are you with me? And now five years later, we're pretty happy most days. (laughs) But it's a new demand. Would you stand? I want to pray for you. If you can stand, if you can't, that's fine. Just sit there and let God speak to you where you're there. I happen to believe this morning that God gave me this word a while ago, but it had fresh it had fresh anointing on it right now. You know, I know that you hear chapel speakers, especially guest speakers that want to tell you how to have a much better life after EBI and all that. But I'm not really talking about life after. While you're here, as Carol said, look for that word from the Lord to give you the direction, especially if you see some part of your life where you're stuck on a treadmill, especially if there's some part of your life where you feel like I'm in a cycle that's it feels like I'm going nowhere. Get a word from the Lord. Get good counsel from the leadership here. That's what we learned. And now we're giving counsel. But I still get counsel. Are you with me? Raise your hand if you're in a cycle. Just raise it up. I'm not going to ask you what it is. Raise it up high so we can see. So good. Some of you are stuck and some of you are in a cycle. Well, that's good. Can I pray for you? Father, in Jesus' name right now, We've seen in these days where you have come and revealed stuff in the classroom. Revealed stuff because of the culture we're in. Revealed stuff in us that's secular. And this day, Lord, we come before you asking you to speak to us the direction that you have planned for us. Show us the way. Show us what you promised, just as you promised the Israelites, I have a land. Show us that person that you've got waiting for us. Show us the children in our future. Show us the ministry. And now, God, show us the direction we need to take now to get off the treadmill, get off the cycle that prevents us from moving in that way. It's in your name we pray. Amen. God bless you and have a great lunch.